You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. I am the only person on this episode, which has never happened before. I have never done a solo episode completely on my own. So I thought for the end of 2021, I could do a show that was all about my top reads. The reason why I'm doing this completely solo is I thought the episode would go for hours if I invited some other bookstagrammers onto the show with me. However, the grand irony of this episode will be it will probably take me the longest to edit. Uh, You probably don't know this, but quite often when I record the intros, I might have up to 10 takes of an intro to make sure it sounds exactly how I want it to sound. So this will be a really fun episode for me to listen to over and over and over again. I'm also going to do my best to ensure that this is a spoiler-free episode for you. I'm talking about my top reads for 2021 in the hope that I will entice you to pick up some of them. So before I jump into this episode, I thought it was really important that I reflect back on 2021. And here is a snippet of audio from the first episode of season two, where I talk about my reading goals for 2021. With all that being said, so I, my goal was 55 last year and I absolutely smashed it because I started listening to audiobooks. And I think just on my commute to work every day or doing some chores around the house to also be listening to a book has helped me reach that goal. I would like to aim for about at least 60 next year. I'm also taking some leave um, from work for about five to seven weeks. So I'll have a little bit more time uh, to read. So that would be my goal. But with that goal, I also have some conditions uh, for it. So I definitely want to focus on supporting my local bookstores in Brisbane more. I definitely want to reread some more books on my shelf. I don't tend to reread too many books. uh, And for the similar reasons that you said at the beginning of the show, it kind of feels like you're already had that conversation with someone. Uh, But there are a few books that are on my mind that I do want to reread. So I want to make sure I do that. Definitely continue working on the podcast. So roll out season two and also do a season three this year. And I've started a reading journal as well last year. And I I really enjoy the paper craft of, of having a reading journal. So as long as I continue doing that this year as well. So there's quite a few conditions that sit within that 60, but hopefully it's, it's all quite achievable and, and not, not too stressful. Okay, so there you go. They were my goals for 2021. So let's just quickly break them down. My first goal was 60 books. Now I have absolutely smashed 60 books and am nearly up to at least 70 for the year. I also, as I said in this previous episode, I think audiobooks is a huge win for people who have a large number to read on their TBR. It's just really easy to consume them, whether it be doing some chores around the house or driving or going for a walk. There are heaps of opportunities for you to read. I definitely can read a physical book quicker than I can consume an audiobook, but there is so much more time in my life to listen to an audiobook. My second goal or second condition of my 60 book goal 
was to support more local bookstores. Now, whilst I don't know if I've necessarily just supported local bookstores, I've certainly done a really good job of supporting independent bookstores wherever they might be in Australia. So I've been to a number in Brisbane. My top in Brisbane would have to be Avid Reader, Riverbend Books or Mary Ryan's at New Farm. So if you are based in Brisbane, they are some beautiful stores for you to check out. And I've also been to some independent bookstores in Tasmania uh, when I was there in the beginning of the year and then towards October as well. And then just other little bookstores I've stumbled across um, over the last year or so. So I'm really proud that I've done that. And the latest thing I've also done is purchase Libro FM um, or purchase myself a membership from Libro FM. Libro FM supports independent bookstores whenever you make a purchase from the a la carte menu or when you subscribe. Now, there aren't any local ones from Brisbane or from Australia yet listed on Libro FM, but I have been in contact with them and they said that there hopefully should be some very soon. My other condition was to reread books on my shelf, have not done this as much at all. And I think it comes back to that conversation there where, yeah, it feels like you've already had that same conversation with someone. To give you a bit of an idea, I recently uh, read The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. And uh, whilst I did really enjoy this interpretation of the story, I soon after read The Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker. And I just feel like I had already read the story. It didn't really shed any new light. And uh, whilst it was from Brisilis or Briseis, from her interpretation, um, I kind of felt like a lot of it still centered around Achilles, which, uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't as uh, good as it could have been or didn't live up to its potential, given the fact I had already read a story very similar before picking it up. I also haven't read reread I should say All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr and unfortunately it just the the mood just didn't ever seem right to pick it up I definitely have a bit of World War II or World War One fatigue uh, when it comes to reading historical fiction and unfortunately I just didn't gravitate towards that one to pick it up and that was uh, certainly one of the books that I wanted to reread all right, so the next thing I wanted to make sure I did was roll out season two and three of the podcast, and I certainly did that, and you are listening to probably the official last episode of season three from the year. I had a season three finale, and then I've rolled out another three episodes um, just because the, the mood struck or because the opportunity came along. And finally, I wanted to continue my reading journal, and I have certainly done that, although I'm going to make it a little bit more sustainable for myself next year. And you can hear all about my 2022 reading goals on my very first episode, which will be live or be able to be listened to as of the 24th of January. All right, so that's been a good chunk of about six and a half minutes of my voice and my voice alone. So hopefully you are coping okay. Let's have a chat. Well, or let's just listen to me talk about my top reads for 2021. I also think it's integral before I jump into this list is to tell you how I came up with this list. So firstly, something that I tried to use throughout the year to track my reads and to track my favorite reads was a book bracket. Now I created this book bracket based on my star ratings. So currently when I read a book, I will rate it between a one to five star. Most of them are two to five star. I'd never really don't think I've rated a book a one. I've never got through it to give it a one. Um, And when I don't finish a book, I do not rate it. I don't think that's overly fair. So I come up with the top book for the month based on the star rating. 
Now, some months I might have a five-star read and it's the only five-star read and that's how I've determined it. But then other months I might have some four-star reads or three-star reads and you just kind of have to pick the one you think was the best. However, what that means is that maybe one particular month there was five five-star reads and I can only pick one of those. But had I read it on another month, it might have actually taken the top spot on the podium for that month. So I kind of have abandoned the book bracket because I feel like it's not fair um, that some of the books that I've read in certain months are better than others, but because I didn't read them on a certain month, they lucked out. So what I have decided to do instead is to uh, rejig my star rating, certainly for 2022, and I will tell you all about that again on my first episode of next year. But I've also decided to just pick out a few of the genres that I do read and share with you a few of my favorite books within that genre. So hopefully it's giving you a much more accurate idea about the books I have enjoyed without confining myself to a book bracket. Let's start with romance. I have three books that I would like to share with you today that were my top romance reads in 2021. So the first book was Love in Color, Mythical Tales from Around the World Retold, by Balu Babalola. This is a collection of short stories inspired by myths from around the world, just as the title explains. This book took me by surprise. So short stories aren't normally something that I particularly like, usually because it takes me a little while to sink into the book and the stories and the characters and the plot. And so I find short stories are so short-lived. However, I found that each of the stories within this book were completely immersive. There was a vivid creation of a character, creation of place, and I was highly intrigued about the myths that actually inspired each of these stories. And you do find out at the very end of the book, it goes through and tells you which myths inspired which stories. The only downfall was that I would have absolutely loved a whole entire book for each of these myths. Uh, It was very short-lived, but I really enjoyed it the time I spent within each of the stories. This was a book that took me by surprise and it's not one that is all over Bookstagram and I highly recommend you add this to your 2022 TBR if you haven't already read it. The second book is one that certainly has a bit of hype on Bookstagram and that one is The Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams. This book actually really helped to bring me out of a reading slum uh, that I was having in March this year, where I just kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't find a book that I was satisfied with, but the Bromance Book Club was really immersive. I thought it was really funny, light, and quite unique in the fact that it was a book club centered around males, and they actually turned to books to help them to understand women better, or to potentially uh, try and um, take take some lessons from these books and put them into their real life. It is a part of an entire series, so I've only read the first two books in the series, but I definitely want to keep going with reading this. It certainly explores love between people who are already in love or who have already fallen in love and about reconnecting. So I also found that particularly interesting because quite often in romance reads, we are seeing people who have just met for the first time or maybe they have a little bit of history, but for them to actually be married and in a relationship relationship and trying to find their way back to one another was quite unique. The final book that I would like to talk to you about in the romance category is The Road Trip by Beth O'Leary. Now this book also had its own little episode in a season of the podcast in 2021. 
Again, what I really liked about this book was the premise and the idea that we had two characters that had that history that uh, were in love with one another and that there's there's hurt and pain uh, and there's also two sides to the story that we don't quite know about. What I also liked about this book was the exploration of a toxic friendship and how that friendship can actually impact your relationships. I think that this is something that's not very... Uh, that's not explored in other books and other stories and it certainly was prevalent in there and then finally the idea that these two exes end up in a car together going off to a wedding that uh, kind of locked room mystery or like locked door um, sort of romance story I thought I thought worked really well and um, the other cast of characters that were in it including the leading character sister um, and we have the oddball of Rodney so there's there's a whole range of characters of four people within this story. Alrighty next category is speculative fiction my new favorite word to say I haven't actually read much in this genre at all but the things that I have read have stuck with me. One of them is The Last Migration by Charlotte McConaughey. Now, this has got its special and own episode um, in this season of the podcast, so I highly recommend you do go back and have a little listen to that as well. But the reason why this one has stuck with me is it's not just about climate change and the statistics behind climate change. It's actually showing us what the world will look like one day if we continue along the track that we are continuing on. So what it would look like if there were a loss of resources or a loss of bird species or just any kind of species really or insects. And we also have a fierce female protagonist, my favorite thing in a book. And she has a lot of character development throughout the story as well. So Again, this one already has its own episode, so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but it is certainly one that I really enjoyed and is very memorable read for 2021. The second book in this category is The Memory Police by Yoko Agawa. Now, similar to The Last Migration, I don't want to go into it too much because if I start to talk about it too much, I'm probably going to give away um, some of the things that happen in the book. It is a beautifully told poetic work that explores what it would be like if we one day woke up and we had started to lose our memories along with certain uh, objects. So for example, one day the characters wake up and suddenly perfume is something that is uh, not allowed on the island anymore. There are also police who reinforce these things. So if you're someone who can actually remember these objects or if you're someone who's harboring these objects or potentially even people that the police are after there is some severe punishments so this story does not only just explore loss of culture but it also explores what it might be like to be oppressed by the society around you and what it also might be like if you had to go into hiding due to the society in which you live I have a special episode of The Memory Police planned for season four of the podcast, so if you want to get ahead and have a read of it before I discuss it, please do. All right, the next category is non-fiction, and I have four books that I want to talk about in this category, each are slightly different from the last. The first one is The Land Before Avocado by Richard Glover. This book explores what 
1960s, 1970s Australia would have looked like. And it talks about things like dining outside and how we used to not actually be allowed to eat outside of a restaurant or a venue. And suddenly we had a, an influx of immigrants, such as Greek immigrants, and that they would have they would have started sitting outside and how initially this was something that was hugely frowned upon. It also looked at other things like transport and the introduction of seatbelts and um, the introduction of it making it a law to not drink while under the influence as well as things like a Saturday night bonfire. I especially liked listening to this book as an audiobook and would highly recommend it to anyone who is living in Australia currently and would like to just know more about our history and some of the things that have led to culture today. The second book in this category is A Life on Our Planet by David Attenborough. Now, this book is a witness statement of David's life. So it includes a bunch of key moments from him. So things like how he actually even got to be on a BBC nature documentary program. So it includes details from his life as someone who would have once upon a time traveled around the world, the people that he might have interviewed and come into contact with. And it also has a really, look, a much deeper meaning behind it and why we should look after our world. And within this story itself, he goes through and tells us what our world is going to look like if we continue to ignore climate change. There's also some really interesting observations about COVID in particular and the idea of the world is going to continue spitting out diseases such as these because we have we've essentially been choking it and not looking after it. So if you are looking for something that potentially will incite a bit of change in your own life and the way you do things, I highly recommend this read. The next book that I'd like to talk about in this category is the third one. It's Pandora's Jar by Natalie Haynes. Natalie Haynes would have to be one of the new authors that I discovered this year. And she in particular focuses on ancient Greek culture. She is a historian and a comedian in her own right. So if you are interested in listening to her comic works, for example, Standing Up for Comedy, which is a BBC series which goes through a bunch of historical figures and connects them to our lives today. I've learned so much uh, through listening to that particular series. But the book that I mentioned was Pandora's Jar. Pandora's Jar is a non-fiction work and each chapter is a is dedicated to a different Greek woman. It particularly is interesting to me because a lot of these women are mentioned in literature or we potentially see them in movies and we don't actually know too much about the origins of their myth as well as the source material about them. So some of the characters that spring to mind for me that I really liked reading about was first of all Medea. As a drama teacher Medea by Euripides is a canonical text that I use all the time in the classroom so it was great to learn a little bit more about the background of Medea. Penelope is another one that um, she's Odysseus's wife, so we actually learn a little bit more about her and why she in particular became this sort of standard to other that other wives in ancient Greece were held up to. And then there's a whole sort of swagger of other characters, including women such as Medusa as well. So uh, I did listen to this one too. I tend to listen to nonfiction more than read it, but I would highly recommend this one, especially if you've recently read anything um, by Madeline Miller, so Circe or The Song of Achilles, or if you're in interested in A Thousand Ships, uh, there's a whole sort of range of, of different characters that are mentioned in those works that are then within this particular book. 
And my final book in this category is called I'll Be There For You, The One About Friends by Kelsey Miller. This is a non-fiction book again, same category, and it actually goes into the filming and producing behind the hit TV show Friends. I learned a lot through reading this book, especially after watching the Friends reunion earlier in the year. I especially really enjoyed the observations about some of the things that are wrong with the television show. So even as someone watching it uh, when I was younger, like as, as a younger teenager over and over and over again, these weren't necessarily things that I picked up upon. But after recently re-watching the show, you definitely pick up on some of the homophobic jokes, some, um, definitely the, the non-representation, I should say, or minimal representation of black people. And there is there's a whole other sort of suite of things that um, are, are wrong with the show and whilst this book does celebrate some of the awesome things about the show it also acknowledges what are some of the things that haven't aged so gracefully about this show. I particularly enjoyed reading about 9-11 and the impact that this had within the impact that it's had on the television show and how this event actually changed what it was like to be on a sitcom during the early 2000s because people needed something as a distraction. They needed some kind of comfort television. How a show like Friends offered that to people. So they are my four non-fiction recommendations for you. All right, up next we have thrillers. Um, I read a bunch of thrillers. I do really enjoy this genre, especially if I'm looking for something to read that could get me out of a slump or that I have a short sort of 24, 48 hours where I really want to sink in and immerse myself in a book. I have three to recommend for you today. Two of them are set in Australia and one of them is set in New Zealand. The first one is The Dry by Jane Harper. Now I know that this one has been floating around for a number of years but I finally picked it up this year after being convinced over and over and over again by a number of bookstagrammers. The Dry is set in a rural outback setting and follows the investigation of Aaron Fawkes after discovering his childhood friend may have committed suicide as well as killing his wife and young child. In particular, the story, I just, I love an Australian setting, particularly when we are looking at quite remote areas within Australia. It really has these gothic vibes behind it as well. The twists and turns, the characters, the plot, the idea of the heat and how a place that gets to scorching temperatures um, can actually impact the people that live within it. So if you haven't yet picked up The Dry and you love thrillers, this would be one for you. The second book in this category, while we are on the Australian line, is Wild Place by Christian White. Wild Place is set at the end of 1989 and a teenager Tracy has gone missing. Her teacher becomes very invested in this murder investigation and we also hear from other characters throughout the story about Tracy and what might have happened to her. I think what I particularly found compelling about this book was the classic Christian White plot twist that you just can't predict what's going to happen. And whilst I had a few little moments in my mind where I thought about the story and what was going to happen, I wasn't convinced that was what was actually going to happen until I read it in the page, on the page in front of me. So if you are um, a fan of Jane Harper or if you've read Christian White's other stories, I highly recommend Wild Place, especially for this time of year where it delves into those hot scorching days and the stretching of the school holidays and 
the late 80s, early 90s nostalgia. Like we have things like a Walkman mentioned within the book as well as a whole wide range of other things. And I really like the use of Australian language used within this book as well. Okay, next one, final one for this category is The Last Guest by J.P. Homare. Now, he is a New Zealand author and I love that this book is set in New Zealand especially within the North Island of New Zealand. And a lot of the different places that are mentioned within the story I have been to, um, in particular, the Blue Lake and the Green Lake. What I particularly like about this story is the fact that they use Airbnb houses as settings. It includes things like hidden cameras and betrayals and lies and a little sort of splice of what um, being a veteran or a return serviceman could actually be like in reality once you've finished your service and the difficulties that you might face with finding another job that would be appropriate for you and your skills. There are so many twists and turns and complex characters. So if you are after a thriller, really recommend this read. I have read two of other J.P. Pomer's books and highly recommend them as well. But my favourite this year would have to be The Last Guests. Okay, two more categories to go. Second last one is historical fiction. Now, I'm not going to talk about the first one for too long because there's a lot of hype around it. And all I'm going to say is the hype is well-deserved and it is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I couldn't not mention this in the podcast. It is so well done with the structure in particular, where we have a part per husband that Evelyn marries. We have an LGBTQI plus rep within the story as well. And this dreamy 1950s, 60s Hollywood setting. So if this is something you have not yet picked up, this is your final warning to make sure that you actually pick it up. Or this is a sign that you need to pick it up. The second book in this category I've spoken about a fair bit already on the podcast, I think, or at least in my recordings I've done for season four already. And I've already mentioned it in the podcast. It is A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. So it follows the lives of a variety of women, whether it be mortal or immortal, after the Trojan War. So we quite often we get the stories of the men who are involved in the Trojan War and the women are kind of these side characters, whereas A Thousand Ships actually puts the women at the forefront of the story. It tells it from their perspective, like what it would be like to be without their husband or what it was like to go through that time where they actually didn't know what happened to their loved ones. What happened if they were a Trojan woman and after their city was taken by Greece, what actually happened to them? It's an emotional story. It's also one that is beautifully written. I really love how Natalie Haynes writes and in particular how she writes about women. It feels like this is how they would have felt like experiencing these things in their life. So if you've liked the song of Achilles, if you love Circe, definitely recommend A Thousand Ships for you. Um, it will not disappoint. It's probably one of my top books for the whole entire year out of each of the categories. The third and final book that I want to mention in this category is The White Girl by Tony Birch. This is the first Tony Birch book that I have read and I was completely blown away. To borrow a few words from the blurb, it is certainly one that talks about the endurance of the human spirit. And in particular, we meet the character of Odette, who has managed to stay under the radar of the welfare authorities who are removing Aboriginal children from their communities. 
I fell for this book thick and fast and I really instantly felt for the characters and what they were going through. I had to know what happened to them. There was certainly a sense of mystery throughout the book. It was very fast paced and overall the issue of race was very prevalent in that and um, in terms of inherited racism across generations. And if you're someone who's listening to this and you live in Australia, you will know exactly what it is uh, that I am talking about. I learned a lot about uh, the welfare board and the control that the welfare board had over Indigenous people or First Nations people during this time in our history, as well as what the exemption clause actually meant. Um, and one of the things that it meant was that Aboriginals, as they were referred to within the book of the story, but we now say First Nations people, how they weren't even allowed to speak to other Aboriginals or other First Nation people. So if you are, again, an Australian person listening to this and you want to know more about your history, I highly recommend this book. Or if you are someone who is overseas and you're listening to me talk about this book and you want to learn more about Australia and our past, again, uh, the White Girl by Tony Birch would be a great story for you to pick up because not only are you learning about history, there's that sense of mystery behind it. It is fast paced and it is also revealing and emotional for the characters who are involved. Okay, the final category. If you are listening to this, you've made it through over 28 minutes of just my voice and I've probably spent a few hours already editing and re-editing and re-recording myself. So here we go. The last category is Bookstagram Made Me Do It. The first one is A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mars. Now this is one of my most anticipated reads for the entire year and it did not disappoint. I loved having a story from Nesta's perspective. I loved the inclusion of Asriel and Cassian and then we're seeing what happens to Freyra and her pregnancy as well as the inclusion of Rysan and other characters such as Eris. Now I don't read a whole lot of fantasy, I know I say this a lot, but this book in particular just grabs me, sinks me into the world and I cannot wait to see what happens next in the story. Don't get me started on the cover and that it doesn't match, but I wanted to read the book enough that it actually didn't matter and I purchased it anyway and it's now getting passed between all of my friends who also really like this series. The second one that I want to talk about for Bookstagram and made me do it is Dial A for Aunties. That's very... <laughs> That's very Australian. You can tell I have been talking to myself for hours in here. Dial A for Aunties by Jessie Sutanto. It is a fantastic story that kind of is a bit of a blend or a hybrid. So there's a bit of thriller, there's a bit of romance, uh, there's definitely drama all embedded within. This isn't a spoiler, but on her first date or with first date with a guy that her mother set her up with, Medi accidentally murders her date. And then the rest of the story is about her, her mother and her three aunties trying to hide the body. Oh, and they also are trying to pull together a wedding. There is a Netflix adaption of this book coming as well. I highly recommend you read it before the adaption comes out because as we all know, books are usually better than the movie. So that's it. They are my top reads for 2021. I would love to know if we have anything in common or if you've added any of them to your TBR after hearing me fluff my way through talking about each of them, especially some of them I haven't read for like nine months. So uh, it was a little bit more difficult than I thought to talk about them. And a huge thank you to every single one of you for listening to whether it be one episode or all of the episodes or if you are listening and you were also a guest 
um, on either season two or three of the podcast. If you would like to be on the podcast or you'd like to get in touch, please send me a DM on at the bookstorian podcast um, via Instagram. Otherwise, the other way you can get in touch is via email, which is the bookstorian podcast at outlook.com.au. As I said at the beginning of the show, there is a brand new season coming to your ears on the 24th of January 2022. I have 10 episodes all lined up for you, ready to go from a range of bookstagrammers and even one booktuber for something completely different. I hope that you all have a fantastic new year filled with fantastic books and I will see you in 2022. You have been listening to the Bookstorian podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Bookstorian podcast.